Sometimes, we don't find our calling in life, it finds us. As a refugee from Laos, Kenji Saikosi was bullied as a child and turned to martial arts for self-defense. Forty years later, at Royal Tiger Academy in Damascus, Maryland, Kenji and his partner Didi pass on their knowledge and passion to students of all ages, helping young people build confidence, preparing athletes for competition, and keeping our men and women in uniform safe. It's all in a day's work for Kenji and Didi. The team at Royal Tiger Academy is on a mission to share their passion with the world, make a difference in people's lives, and leave a positive impact on the local community. Hello, Sabaydi. Hey, Sabaydi, Sabaydi. 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 All right, man, how you guys doing? We're, we're doing good, nice to meet you. Yeah. You know, Kenji, I, I don't know if you remember me from like 2014, like when Facebook was just like still relatively new and we were chatting on messages yeah. for a little bit. Do you remember? Okay. okay, okay. And like somewhere I just like stopped seeing your feed, you know, and it's weird how over time, you know, you follow somebody and like, you know, or the more people you get as friends, you start losing, you know, you lose the, 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 the feeds and stuff. So, but anyways, I'm glad, you know, you got in contact with John, my partner here and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing this. So we're really excited to have you guys on board. Um, and like looking forward to, you know, what you guys are doing. So John, you got anything to add? Yeah, no guys, thanks. We're excited to have you on. Um, you're doing some really cool things over there at Royal Tiger Academy from what we could see. And we just thought it'd be a great interview, um, for you guys to share all the work that you're doing, what your mission is and the backstories behind you with the, you know, with our audience. So thanks so much for joining us today. Co will kick off the show and then we'll we'll kind of jump into the interview. All right, guys. All right. Well, hey guys, welcome to another episode of C4 Podcast, Southeast Asian Athlete Achievement Through Adversity. If you haven't already, please follow us on IG, Lower American Sports, on Facebook, Lower American Sports Hall of Fame, C4 Podcast, and also on the website, ww.lowamericansports.com. Today we have not one, but two amazing guests that are going to share their story. Um, boy, I didn't even introduce myself as Coach Andetka, but I am Coach Andetka, and I will send it over to my co-host, John Messina. Yeah, so before we jump in the interview, um, you know, we wrapped up our 2022 season. This is our second episode of 2023, so welcome back, everybody. Just wanted to give a couple shout-outs um, to the folks that we see watching through the podcast analytics. analytics. Um, some of the biggest metro areas following us, we thank you for sh your support. Of course, the Chicago Elgin area where we are at, a little biased probably because we're here. But then after that, no no question, um, Northern California comes in next, San Francisco, Oakland, Richmond, folks in Sacramento, Fresno, and Visaya. Thank you all for following the show. Southern California, not too far behind, San Diego, Riverside County, and Orange County. Um, then we have Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth, Amarillo, and Houston. Thank you, all the folks out there in Texas for following us. And next, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Quite a few followers there. So thank you, everybody in Minnesota. And with that, we're going to move into the interview. We're very excited to have Kenji and Didi on with us today of the Royal Tiger Academy. So welcome to the show. Kenji, hey, we're going to start with um, you. Tell us a little bit about your background. I know you were born in Laos, came over as a refugee as a child. So why don't you start at the beginning? Tell us about your migration to America in early years. Okay, so um, we came to America in 1980. 
So for um, for two years, two and a half years, we were refugee, uh, stayed in a refugee camp in Thailand. So um, I was about, I would say three in a camp. And my mother and, and I, we came over to, uh, cross over to Mekong before my father. My father stayed behind because he was working with the military. And um, unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, my father, he uh, he lost his leg. He stepped on a mine bomb. Mm. And um, it was very, uh, we were very blessed that he survived to make it across. As as you know, back then, you talk about mm-hmm. medics. They're not going to have that, you know, yeah. for him to, to make it over and survive. And then for us to reconnect in the, in the refugee camp. And then, you know, for, I guess, almost two years in a church, and uh, Cary, North Carolina, sponsored my family. And that's how we made it to America. Okay. Do you remember what camp you were in? Just curious. Uh, Ubon. Oh, Ubon. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we've had, my wife was in Nankai as a child, uh, about the same age, like three years old or something. And then several of our other guests were in the Nankai camp. So yeah, just curious. I think, I think I was in, I think my family was in Nankai and Udon. Like Nankai yeah. and Udon Tani is, is close together. Like an hour. Yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, good. But I remember. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were like five co, right? So oh, hard to hard to remember yeah, back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, good. So, tell us a little bit about how you got into martial arts then, and growing up in uh, Cary, North Carolina. Um. Well, as you know, a lot of Lao people were new to America, you know, so there was not many Lao people around, and having to deal with like. Uh, racism, bullying, all this kind of stuff. Um, I guess it martial arts was something that I almost had to learn on my own, you know? And I was fortunate enough to uh, have friends that were training, you know, we're poor, so our, our family's not gonna be sending me to karate class, you know? <laughs> and, and so how I got started was a lot of my friends were taking martial arts and, um, I would train with them and they, they would be kind of mad at me that they're going to training, but I'm beating them up. <laughs> so at what age, what age were you? Elementary. Okay. okay. Yeah. I was, you know, I remember even like being picked on riding the school bus. One, mm-hmm. one occasion, you know, kids oh. slapping the back of the head. And one day I just got fed up with it and turned around and punched him in the face. <laughs> so yeah you know it's like um you, you know we teach not to fight but there's going to always be a line and you know that you have to stand up for yourself and um you know and that's that's one of the things that you know we teach our students to you know always walk away it's not worth it but you know you, you have the skills to protect yourself yourself or your family then you know, you had the right to. Yeah. And so, yeah, and so through high school, um, you know, train with friends um, because, you know, Lao, Muay Thai, Muay Lao is pretty much, pretty much the same thing. And so I have a lot of friends that, you know, went to train until when I finished high school. That's when I went out on my own, you know, because my parents kind of like, you know, they want me to be, you know, engineer, lawyer, doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. my I knew my passion was uh, martial arts, and 
um, I joined the school and as it started, all started from there. Within like um, less than a year, I received my black belt. I started teaching in six months. You know, never joined, never really like professionally or uh, been at a gym, but uh, I think that's one of my callings, you know, to be a martial artist. So many, so many similarities, your story and mine, Kenji. I mean, coming to America, only family. I came in 75, so there, there was no other family and being picked on. And I hated riding the school bus. Oh, the school bus was worse than school. You know, it was, I dreaded going to school, the school bus and coming home in a school bus. Cause that's where a lot of the bullying and the racism and all that happened, you know? And, but I chose working out to build my muscles almost like, uh, you know, um, you know, wanting to be this bodybuilder and, and that was my outlets, you know, and, and like you, I would love to coach and, and to teach. And I recently just come back. Uh, I was in Thailand and uh, it just made me think about, man, how I love to go home, you know, back to Laos and like help, you know, with like the bodybuilding team or just like health and fitness in general. But, you know, I feel like it's my calling and like giving back. You know, I think you and I, we have our accomplishments, our individual accomplishments, but it's the giving back that's the rewarding part. You know, right. that's what makes us, you know, I think that's what, that's our passion. So I, I totally agree to see, I see the similarities. Yeah. Well, good. Well, Didi, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you know of your family's migration to America and your childhood? Uh, with my migration, well, I would say it's, Similar to Kenji's story, my grandfather, he was a lieutenant colonel, actually, serving in the Lao Royal um, military. And it was the same thing. We had to, you know, as refugees, but instead of him, uh, you went, what is it, Udon? So mine was Nepal. Oh, that was okay. where we were sent. But I didn't, we didn't arrive until 1986. So that's when our family came to this country but you know just going through all that trauma and just being displaced right from our country and going mm -hmm. through, seeing just so many different things as that's i told um a lot of some of the kids they talk about oh the camps here in mexico and whatnot i said well, you haven't seen how it is in third world countries how it looks over there you know but um but yes, we do. We share the similar stories. My um, my grandfather and everything. So he's been in the military for over 25, 30 years that he served. And unfortunately, when we did come here, my grandfather did pass after a year because, uh, you know, during, I guess, the war, he stepped on whether it was a nail or I couldn't really recollect what my parents said, but it never truly healed. Mm. So, but he died in 1987 or towards 1988. So wow, that's so how you're only a year or two after he got here then, huh? He passed. Yeah. yeah. Well, my aunt and everyone, they were, well, my aunt, she was already here in the U.S. And um, so that kind of helped us move the process a little faster in coming here. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Also with that is, not only was it with my grandfather, but my father, he worked under the government clerk. 
So just, you know, going through the the processing helped with that as well. Yeah. And where did you end up in the States? Like, where, where did you come? Uh, where did you land? San Diego. Where's that? San Diego, California. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Because, mm -hmm. yeah. again, my, my aunt, she lived over there. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I lived in San Diego about nine years. Now I'm here in uh, Illinois, and it's negative eight out. So <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, twenty three, twenty three with the wind chill. Yeah, we're we're nineteen and still dropping right now. Yeah. Oh we're man, getting it's, it's getting colder. <laughs> that's that's yeah. crazy weather. So, Didi, how did you end up getting into martial arts? Actually, for me, martial arts is something I've always been around my whole life. I mean, well, started off really with most Asian parents, at least my father, he's always watching Kung Fu and stuff like that, you know, when I was younger. And then Laos, you know, we call it Namjin. So I'm just like, why, why is my dad always watching this? Yeah. But just being exposed to that and then having friends. And I have a couple of friends that actually fights professionally as well, too. So it's been, I've had the exposure my whole life. Um, Unlike Kenji, he's actually had the opportunity to really train it at an early age. Now, I should say, like, you know, um, I guess, like, for me to come into this, especially as, you know, the martial arts world in REM would be when I really met Kenji. So that's how I understand more the importance of learning the self-defense aspect and the empowerment that it gives the people, you know? So I myself, you know, I do some training myself, but I can't say compared to Mr. Kenji here. <laughs> and what year, what year was that when you guys met? Uh, about, well, we've always had mutual friends and we've, you know, kind of spoke here and there, but officially we met in later 2016, 2016. Mm -hmm. So that was the beginning. Is that the beginning of the Royal Tiger Academy, or? Oh no, he the beginning yeah. of Royal Tiger Academy. Kenji Way before that, in North Carolina, I, I had my school there for over twenty years. Oh man! Okay. Wow. Yeah, so I I've been doing martial. I mean, I started teaching right after high school, and I opened my own school probably like three years after that. You know, okay. so I'm I'm forty eight now, so I have a lot of. A lot of uh, experience and yeah 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 so then when you know during that time and when we did meet and then especially when he decided to move over here to maryland that's when i said okay so then we should build a brand here but we first started off of in um public schools first so you can do um after school like after school programs with them so after a year from there, that's when we said, okay, let's decide to open the academy now, you know, to have that growing family here, not just, you know, where North Carolina is. And so now like, here we are. So we do both. We teach here at the academy, but then also at the same time, we teach at public schools. Okay, that's interesting. So do you no longer have the North Carolina branch, I assume, Kenji, right? It's all in Maryland now? Yes, correct. Okay. So tell us a little bit, you know, what's the overall mission 
of Royal Tiger Academy and tell us about some of the more specifics about the programs you run and what you guys are trying to do with the kids there. Well, I teach uh, all ages. The youngest is three and my oldest student is 57. Um, okay. I, I train, I'm one extreme to another, you know, from the three-year-olds to, uh, I have one, one guy is going to fight his uh, first cage fight next, this year or next year, 2023. Um, I also train uh, law enforcement, uh, I've trained military, so I'm I'm a, I would say I'm a total mixed martial artist. Not the modern sports aspects because uh, the knife, the gun, those elements are not taught in a cage. Um, so I think that will set me aside from a, a lot of uh, sport martial artists. Um, so you're so you're more self defense. Then. So yeah, you have a combination self-defense, you have a combination competition. Right. Well, yeah. the term self-defense is is kind of broad or it's kind of like, uh, I would say, uh, I wouldn't say misleading, but it's kind of a selling point to everything. So mm -hmm. self-defense is what you use for what you have. You know, so it doesn't matter if you're a boxer, you can use your boxing to defend yourself. Mm. you understand Rest yeah. if you're a wrestler you can use wrestling to defend yourself so uh self-defense is just a term that you use to use what your martial arts is so i would say you just learn you're learning to be a martial artist you know and whatever skills or knowledge that you have that's what you can use to defend yourself because mm -hmm. the thing is some some schools may say they teach self-defense but it's it's not working. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's it's more so of that, and it's not practical. So here we teach everything that is practical, not not a so much of like what you see like with porn, because it's not needed. Because if you were to you know get into a street fight, then anyone realistically, everything goes. There's really no rules, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. So, yeah, there's no referee to stop you. There's no one to throw in the towel. Um, or you can't punch me here. Right. Can't um, punch me there. <laughs> you you got to be prepared if someone pulls out a knife. Um, there might be a buddy that's around the corner. So you have to you have to look at those different elements. You know. So my mission or our mission is basically to uh, you know provide a safe and wonderful environment to teach individuals. You know, martial arts and the benefits of that is you know they're learning self-defense um, get in shape build confidence um, have discipline for adults is a great stress reliever um, teenagers as you know it's just uh, social media is kind of crazy right now for the younger generation mm -hmm. and you know we have some teenagers that are going through some depression and stuff like that and martial arts has kind of kept them in line and, and helped them and she she does beyond more than just the martial arts training. She helps with like the, if they need someone to talk to, she's a great counselor. Um, so we not only you know help them physically, but the mental aspects. It's very important. Yes, very, very. Yeah, so I think you know the term. I would say like I always mention to the students and parents, right? Um, martial arts is not just something that. You carry and you take it, and here you know, let's go 
get into a fight or whatever the, the case is, right? It's the mind, you know, um, spiritual aspect of it along mm -hmm. with physical. It's very important. Because you could be at very high level um, martial artists or MMA, you know, in this case, we teach MMA, right? But the most important aspect of that is to always be humble and have the humility for, for people, you know? Because think about it. If you train at such a high level and you know you can take on someone if someone's acting a fool, it's like, why even bother, you know? And it's, 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 it's that discipline that you build. Um, a lot of people, when they meet Kenji, they say, whoa, I didn't even know he trained. Because it's not one of the things that it really crosses people's mind, right? Um, but of course, if it's needed, it's, it's, he'll, be, he'll bring it out. But the fact of the matter is, like, he's such, he's such an easygoing person. The same thing as far as with me, you know. Well, a lot of people, when they meet me, they're like, wow, she's so tiny. But yet, she has such a strong personality, and she can hold her own. You know, so that's the confidence that martial arts bring to a lot of people. Mostly, I, I really enjoy more so the discipline. Yeah, that's that. No, that's 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 a huge part of it. And then what you're doing as far as, yeah, with the teenagers and stuff, I think martial arts, all sports, I think, help with mental health as well. But martial arts, I think, takes it to another level, right? Because it's as much about the mind as it is about the body, um, for well, sure. Right. Besides that, there's there's a lot of aspects of like um, leveling up and goal setting. Whereas uh, you yeah. see, whereas let's say a teenager wants to play football, unless he's gonna go to college and play pro, football will end up being just a hobby. No, any sport, wrestling, yeah. basketball, right? Unless they make it a profession. After high school, what are you gonna do? But for martial arts, you don't have to be a professional fighter to train martial arts yeah. it can be it, it becomes a uh, a way of life yes lifestyle yeah it's a lifestyle just like yeah lifestyle just like um you know extra lifting weights that's yeah. you know i i enjoy doing that too and that's part of um, the martial arts training because you have to have physical strength some people might say you don't have to be that strong i'm like no if if you have let's say four sets of skill sets, strength, speed, endurance, and stamina, right? And I only have those three, and you have strength over me, then obviously you have a little edge. So having a more skill set besides just the knowledge of martial arts is important. Yeah, that's good. Well, tell us a little bit. I, you mentioned uh, training law enforcement and military. I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you do there. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's fun <laughs> it, because I enjoy, um, because, you know, I, I really respect what they do for us. You know, people don't realize when they, when they go outside, they have no idea what can happen to them, especially law enforcement officers, you know, um, that they got to deal with some stupid people out there. And I think one of the things that in America, um, the law enforcement lack physical combat training. So they only get like maybe a crash course of four weeks and then they, they get certified and they become officers. Well, if that officer does not continue their training, he pretty much, once he goes on the field, he, 
if he has no combat experience, he, he doesn't know anything. He just has a gun and a taser. And so that's where the problem occurs. When someone is put into a situation and they're not comfortable, if it's life yeah. and death, then, well, to them, it might be life and death. For, for example, if you punch me in the face, I'm going to know how to handle it. Even if you break my over a bone or break my nose or my teeth gets knocked out, right? I know how to handle it. But if an average person, that happens to them, they're going to freak out. So officers, when, when they train, they get to realize um, they really need this training. And unfortunately, it's not really um, stressed. It's only just enough for them to pass the exam. <laughs> you know, um, and, and they really need this. They don't need to learn how to ground and pound. They just need yeah. to understand how to, um, I think judo and jujitsu is probably one of the best martial arts for them to learn, you know, to learn how to apprehend or uh, to control a person. And that's the problem with officers too, that they don't know how to work together. A lot of times when they try to take someone down, they're actually fighting against one person is doing this, other person is doing this, you know, versus where if they train together, or have an understanding of a system, hey, we need to take this guy down. One of us take his legs, other person take his upper body, sweep him down, down top, handcuff, and it's done. But there's there's too much struggling. For one is lack of training, and the two is um, they, they don't have team training. Uh, military, uh, I've had like guys from when I was in North Carolina. I'm, I'm trying to build here when I'm in Maryland now, but when I was in North Carolina, I was teaching guys from uh, Fort Bragg. They would come up and um, we would do, well, pretty much whatever they wanted to learn, we would go over, whether it's like knife fighting, knife disarming, um, things that a, a lot of guys, they don't get trained unless they're in like the special forces, you know. Yeah, well, that's that's exciting. So you guys teach a lot of MMA there too. What's the secret formula to MMA? Because there's different schools of thought, you know, the grapplers, the jujitsu, boxers, and every bringing everything together. What do you guys like to teach to make a successful MMA or that mix of martial arts? Okay, so um, two things. If someone has no knowledge, then they, they get the basic of the best, for me, the best striking art would be Muay Thai. Because, you know, you got the hands yeah. and you got the feet, elbows, knees. Um, and then a mix of wrestling and jujitsu. I like more the top jujitsu instead of going pulling guard, whereas you have top control, um, it would be much better. Uh, prime example, just retired Habib, if you know who he is. Yeah, that, yep. right? yeah. His, his style, you know, because think about he, well, he's been touched maybe two times <laughs> in his career. So um, having the understanding, you know, of, of the different arts, so if let's say someone comes in and they have a, a skill set and they're a Muay Thai fighter, well, I always say add on to what they don't know and build on their strength. So there's there's a even when I first started, I did wrestling, taekwondo, I did Muay Thai, I did boxing, but they were all separate. And I say there's a point five in between each style. So unless you understand that half between the transition stages, mm -hmm. 
your your brain will not will be lagging by the time you realize, oh, he just shot for my legs. But I know how to wrestle, but I was I, I was starting striking, you know. So you have to be put in a situation where the transition between the stages of the arts. Once you understand those, then you the arts can flow much easier in order to defense or even the offense. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, I know you guys are also doing a lot more than just running uh, Royal Tiger Academy. Kenji, you're specifically trying to um, do some acting, movie production, et cetera. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you have going on there and your goals. Um, well, I know I was doing Loud Warrior, you know, a couple of years ago, and uh, people don't realize um, the the steps and the hurdles and filmmaking is not an easy task. <laughs> yep. You know, and um, so, yes, the, the, it took me about a year and a half to finish the project. And and I realized I had I edited we added it to a fooling feature. But because it's a new film, a new project, um, you know, one of the things to get it out is you have to submit it to film festivals. And I realized that uh, probably would be best to re-edit it into a, a short short film, you know, maybe like 20 minutes, 15 minutes, because um, most film festivals, they have maybe like four openings for full length and like 20, 30 openings for, you know, short mm-hmm. films. The goal is to get your foot in the door. You can't yeah. think, you know, you can't think you're like, oh, I'm, I'm this person already, you know, so you got to start from, you know, from the bottom and move your way up. You know, and I, I was blessed. I, I was able to be in a lot of, uh, productions in, in Georgia. Uh, even got a, um, a film. It's in a, what is it? Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. On Amazon. I, I'm, I have a film in there. Um, so the goal is this year to to complete Law Warrior and get it submitted. And then um, with, with our new gym, our new facility, um, with our, when we meet our goals here, it will open up myself to start back into the film projects. You know, as you know, you need funding, you need support. Yeah. So it's not just like, um, I'm going to make a film. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of involved involvement, you know, yeah. when it comes to production. Yeah. Yeah. Co, Co knows a little bit about that. He's got a documentary out there as well. Um, yeah, and we, yeah. yeah. It's, it's very complicated I and mean, it's not just about you and it's uh, I mean, so many other people that are involved right like the director the producer and, and everybody's got you know they got to put it together and all that so like it's a very complicated uh very complicated process so, yeah but if he gets a chance to you know like like Kenji, like you say like you know get that message out you know that's that's the most important thing when we win when we get that message our message out you know to to the world you know right just just my um the film was um it based off of uh, human trafficking, um, martial arts, and and bullying. You know, so uh, as far as like human trafficking, when I was in North Carolina, I was part of an organization that uh, helped women that were trafficked. So um, yeah, so that's another side of me that a lot of people don't know. <laughs> oh wow! I, um, but you know, we you know we're blessed to be able to help all different facts of lives, and. Yeah. yeah, we meet so many different individuals, walk the blank, 
the blessing, and then you see the transformation in them as an individual in their lives. That's the reward behind it. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, so guys, what advice do you have for those that want to do something like you're doing? Chase a dream, you know, um, do something a little different than the eight to five, you know, cubicle job or factory job. Uh, what advice do you have for somebody who'd love to do something like what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I guess main thing is uh, you have to be honest with yourself. Um, you know, not many people can do certain things. Like, for instance, I can't be a doctor, so there's no way I'm going to be a doctor, <laughs> you know? Um, if you're going to, as far as, let's say, you want to open your own business, right? Number one is you have to have the skills and you have to have education, no matter what the field it is. And if you want to be the best, you have to continue to educate yourself and continue to train. So I always say is uh, the best black belt is a white belt that's still training. Because once you stop and once you know everything, then you've, you're either plateaued or you think you know everything. And as for, as for me, as a mixed martial artist, both the tr traditional aspect and the modern, there's no way I'm going to master seven styles of what I teach. So I better keep on learning. <laughs> well, life is a, it's about, you know, an endless journey of learning. Yes. Once, once I tell people, when you think you know it all, you have already failed, you know, because or else life is actually going to humble you. You learn from everyone. Every day I'm learning things from people. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's, to me, that's, that's enriching. Um, and if you can, you can understand that and, you know, um, there's a gratifying experience, right? Um, that's why one of the things I, I told my daughter, I said, listen, I was there at your age and think you know it all and all this other stuff. But it's important sometimes to not just always talk, but listen. Listen to a lot of things that goes on. Even if you may not agree with certain things, however, take into consideration with what other people are saying. Because one day you may need those advices, right? Um, but I would say in regards to chasing the dreams and all this other stuff, find your purpose and what is your true purpose and, and your passion. You know, I, I think part of all this is what we do is I never really thought that I would be here because my major and everything has always been business, business and finance. So that's, I handle the logistics of everything here. He gets the fun job. He trains and, you know, he gets to, you spar with the kids and spar with the teams and all. I deal with all the paperwork, all the accounting. That's all me. Um, but in the essence of all that, again, we go back to helping helping people. And I think um, that's important. Because you can sit here and make as much money as you can or what you want. But what is the reward behind that? So I believe that in every business or everything that you do, as, as you said, you know, get your message out there at the same time so that it can help other people. I think that that's very important. Success always comes later, right? Right. Besides um, getting knowledge and experience, you have to network. You have to find other people that are willing, willing now to be honest and to help you. Maybe like, you know, how 
uh, in America, you have internships. Mm-hmm. You know, you have somebody that would maybe, you know, you can go to like, hey, I'll work for free to learn what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you have to do that. Of course. Because um, you, like I said, you can't just be like, I'm already good. <laughs> if you're already good, yeah. then you don't, you know, then you're not going to be successful because you're only looking at uh, a few months ahead versus where you want to be sustainable or you want to look in the future 10, 20 years from now. Great. That's good. Well, hey, we really appreciate you coming on today. Co, any final thoughts for Kenji uh, and I, love, I love, I mean, I love what they're talking about, how like, you know, you're taking a physical, what everybody sees as a physical activity martial arts and they're talking about you know the mental health issues I and mean, as you know i'm very big on mental health and just you know the, the wisdom the experience and you never stop learning because when you do when you think you know it all that's when your, your life starts going downhill it's not, or it starts going backwards right so i really love their message about not just you know not just teaching a skill teaching a lifestyle you know so that, that's a very important message so I, i've really enjoyed this interview with them i really enjoyed hearing you know what they've had to say it was yeah. a pleasure and hopefully you and i can do something together that's all yeah that's always open you know i mean, that, yeah. I, mean I think again we have the similar passions right i mean we're coming from you know maybe different aspects as far as physical but you know i just i just pick up weights and i put them down right <laughs> yeah <laughs> the message a message and you you get confidence when you work out you feel better about yourself and you know a, a teenager you know like that you know that is gives them you know that maybe not maybe doesn't have confidence and then they start putting on some muscle or so someone you know loses some weight and it, it does a lot for your self-esteem does a lot for your self-confidence you know yeah. and with that you can go far and then at the end of the day once you get all that you can give back you know right? and it's just you know this process that keeps on repeating you know life you know you just, you just hand it over to the next person you know so whoever you're teaching today kenji is going to be teaching somebody tomorrow Right. Yeah, building future leaders. No, that's yeah, yeah. That's great stuff. Yeah, great. Well, thank you everybody for listening to another episode of the C4 podcast. Special thank you to DG and Kenji. Great episode, folks. That's all we have for today. The C4 podcast is brought to you by the Lao American Sports Hall of Fame. Visit us on the web at LaoAmericanSports.com. Celebrating the first, inspiring the next.